Leather, Cigars, and Kink is an adults-only podcast for those 18 and over. If you're under 18, stop listening. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Leather, Cigars, and Kink. Today, uh, my interview is going to be with Connor Braddock, Mr. Oregon State Leather 2017, and my title granddad. Also, the board president of Oregon State Leather Contest, which owns the the, the contest that, uh, you know, has my title. Uh, but before we get into that, since we're, we're kind of kicking off with, with, with titles and talking a lot about that, I want to talk about what what it's like to be a title holder, why you should run, why you shouldn't run, things like that. You know, my my title years were a bit different than most because, you know, not a lot of folks get hit with a pandemic in the middle of their, their title year. So, obviously, my experience has been different than, than, than others. But in general, you know, I, let's, let, I, I want to talk about that some. I ran for a title because I... I had goals. I, I had things that I really wanted to talk about in the leather community, in particular in the the, the Oregon and, and southwestern Washington, which which is the area that I, I represent. The leather communities are very fractious, and there's very little crossover between any of them. The closest we get to, to crossover realistically is, uh, well, it's it's the cigar socials that I attend, and it's kind of disappointing. But part of my title platform, part of why I was running, was the hopes that I could bridge the gaps between the various groups and, and the various identities. Maybe, you know, make a space for, for all of us. Have I succeeded in that? Hell no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I, I Honestly, I would say coming out of the pandemic, yes, I know we're, we're not out of the woods yet, but things are starting to open back up. And I think we're more fractious than we have ever been. A, a large and, and established and, and pretty damn well-funded, presumably leather organization in the area is, is seeing some implosion. And I'm not going to get into that. That's just, I, I'm not, I'm not going to gossip about things, anything like that. And my organization, Oregon State Leather Contest, um, I, I am on the board. I'm the treasurer, you know, uh, just let's get that, uh, that, that, that out there. We had some problems over the last year uh, that we are, we think we have, we have finally turned the corner on, on the, the issues and we're actually able to focus on the important part, which is getting the title contest together and, and getting everything out there, as well as making some space for, for the leather community to, to get together. And I keep using that word, community. Again, I, I know I've said it before, but we're we're a bunch of communities, maybe. But realistically, we're we're a group of affinity groups. Community just has has a lot more. Anyway, I'm I'm getting way off topic on that. What I was saying a minute ago. So, I wanted to to, to make space for for the various various groups in leather in the area to come together. Uh, that that has not happened. I would say that goal has completely failed. Uh, my other goal and just as important if not more important to me 
was making space for indigenous folks in leather. And that's, that's an ongoing process. I have been able to present my, my indigenous leather discussion class. I, I hate to call it a class. It's not a class. It's, it's just a discussion. It's a lead discussion. And it, you know, we, there, there's a lot more to be done there. So do I feel like I've, I've succeeded in that goal? Partially. Because I've actually gotten the conversation started in small circles. Obviously, it's not a big thing yet. And there are larger racial justice issues uh, in, in play right now than just indigenous visibility within, within the leather community. We fight on a lot of fronts for a lot of different things. So obviously, we, we've got to spend our, our, our time and energy where, where it's going to be most helpful for, for most, the most people. I will continue fighting for indigenous visibility in leather because I think we are a dramatically under-recognized group within the larger national or international leather community. And that's something that I hope over time to change. So, with that said... You know, my goals weren't necessarily met. Why should you run and, and are you setting yourself up for, for something that, that, that you're not going to be able to, to complete? Or, or, you know, are you going to make, make all these, these, these lofty goals that, that you just can't finish? Not necessarily. I guess it, it really tracks back to are leather titles important? And had you asked me five years ago, ten years ago, I would have given you a dramatically different answer than I would have four, three, two years ago. You know, I when I first toyed with the idea of running for a title, I ran. I thought I was going to run on the platform of titles are stupid. But I've come to realize, when I was able to sit down and analyze that thought that that titles were just were were, were unneeded and and unhelpful, I realized that titles. Title holders can make a great impact if they work it right. Uh, that sounds like kind of a cop-out, but, you know, title holders, to me, ideally, and I am not saying I have lived up to this ideal, it's been, been, been rough. Title holders are the standard bearers. We, we should be out there, you know, raising money and, and educating and being... You know, be, be basically being that person that, that if somebody wants to write a, a piece on the leather community, we should be the ones they're, they're coming to and should be good examples when they come to us. We all know examples of truly horrific people who have gotten titles, and we're not going to go into that. But why should you run for a title? Because you can make a difference. It is a platform, and it is a way... To make issues visible that are important to you. And it's a way to raise money for organizations that you feel support the overall community better. That said, it's not for everybody. Being a title holder is a commitment. Uh, generally, it's for a year. In some cases, it becomes a little more. But just let, let's go off of that year. My title is is a working title. We're expected to to we're we're expected to be at certain events. We are expected to help organize certain events. We're expected to raise money 
keep in mind, you're not getting paid for any of this. This is this is a volunteer effort. So it's not it's not the easiest thing in the world. You're basically taking on a part-time job for an entire year for no pay. Matter of fact, it's going to cost you money because you got to get to those events and you got to got to make those appearances and all that. So keep that in mind if you're if you're thinking about making a tiny run. The upside, you get to meet some amazing people out there. You get access in ways that you wouldn't normally to a broad cross-section of not just leather, but the kink community and the LGBTQ communities. You, you get to see and, and experience things that otherwise you just wouldn't. That said, there are reasons you should not run for a title. And this is, this is my two cents. Let me just say, the following doesn't represent anyone or any organization's thoughts, ideas, beliefs, concepts, whatever, other than my own. This is me. So if you get pissed off at what I'm about to say, get pissed off at me. That's okay, I can take it. Don't run for a title if you're just out there to chase ass. You can you can find other ways to, to do that without having to drag down a title. Although realistically, if that's all you're after, you're probably not going to make the points in the first place. Don't run for a title if you think it's just a popularity contest, because it's not. Okay, in general, it's not. You need to know your history. You need to know who you are as a person. You need to have examined why you're there and what you can do for other people, why you want to volunteer, why you would want to give up a year of your life for this. It's not about, about getting to wear that sash and, and, and have fun for a year. There's a lot of work that comes with it, and it's, it's a responsibility to the greater leather communities that we represent. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't run for a title thinking that you can shape the way other people think or that it somehow makes you a special privileged person because it doesn't. One of the things it's going to do is put a big target on your back and every time you fuck up, somebody's going to be there to tell you about it. And that's okay. I appreciate it when people tell me that I have done something really terrible. Even if I don't think it's something really terrible, it at least makes me think about what happened and how I can avoid that. Or maybe it just makes me think that person is a, is a complete asshole and, you know, thank you for putting a sign on it. Anyway, so, rant finished. You know, titles are coming back. Think about running. Think about representing. Understand that it's going to be tough. That it's it's not it's not all parties and fun. Matter of fact, for me, it, it wasn't any damn parties and fun. Hell, I, anyway, not going to go into that. Just you know, think about it. If you're if you're in a place where you you can represent and and you think you've got something to say and you can, you think you can represent all of us, by all means, get out there and do it. And uh, if you're in the Oregon or or Southwest Washington area. Clock's ticking. We will be taking applications soon. The Leather Barbecue, uh, July July 25th. It's a Sunday, uh, 3 to 8 o'clock, Overlook Park in, in Portland. 
that's a great place to come out and, and get to know people and, and start showing the flag for your, your title run. Just a suggestion. Anyway, talk about a few events that are coming up. If you're in the Portland area, uh, the Saturday, the 26th of June, just a few days away right now, uh, is the Northwest Cigar Social, which is one of the socials that I, I generally always attend. You can find that information on FetLife. The PDX Dom Discussion Group is also on FetLife. That's coming up Saturday the 3rd of July. Let's see what else have I got talked about here. Oh, yeah. The weekend, July 9th through through the 11th, is Uprise. It's an online conference. You can find information on that, I believe, all over Facebook and on FetLife and on Instagram and on Twitter. And just, you know, just look up, up Uprise Conference, and I'm pretty sure you'll be able to find it. Yeah, beyond that, not a whole lot going on. Got the Leather Barbecue, July 25th. I am going to be attending Camp Kraken, which is a, from what I understand, whip-intensive weekend. It's here in the the Oregon area. And I guess this is their inaugural, 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 like, you know, there are some words that I just absolutely hate. Anyway, it's their first time, so... Uh, it looks like it'll be interesting. It'll probably be like camping on the sun, and I uh, wish I hadn't, but, you know, shit happens. Uh, let's see, what else? Yeah, that's really all I've... Oh, wait. Oh, yes. I did... I, yeah, I'm, I'm awake. The Oregon State Leather Contest uh, is coming up the first weekend in October. Please, 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 if you're interested, start getting ready to run, because... You know, it's all coming. And I really, really want to give somebody this sash again, you know. Pass it on. Anyway, so that's enough about that. You know, um, if you got any, any questions about, about about leather titles or, or running as a title, running for a title, what it's like to be a title holder, you know, reach out to me. You, you check, check out my social media, Ebar Broxon on, on Instagram and Twitter. Shoot me a line or whatever, and I'll uh, I'll try to answer your questions. And I'm going to drop that for now. I'm going to talk a little bit about cigars because, you know, leather cigars in kink, cigars are a really important thing to me. They are my social interaction. If I can't sit down and have a cigar with somebody, hmm, it's going to be hard to sit and talk with them. Not always, but most cases. So, today I'm going to talk about, actually a stick that a lot of people have probably had, the Perdomo Lot 23 Churchill Maduro. It's not, not the higher end of the Perdomos, it's, it's, um, it's kind of a, a midline, not a bad stick. It's alright, it's, it's, they, they're, they're generally fairly pretty, they're a nice dark color, you know, they've, they've got that good Maduro scent to them. On the initial light, they're, they're always fairly typically spicy, which is, to me, pretty consistent with a Maduro. But once you get past that first half inch or so, it evens out into a real strong and earthy, peppery, maybe even oaky kind of kind of flavor. Um, you get, get definitely a lot of complex flavors from it. 
and these tend to stay pretty consistent all the way through the stick. Well, when I say all the way through, down to down down, down to the final third. Uh, once you get into the final third, it really it starts to get pretty rough. It's strong. It's a little tarry. The pepper comes back and 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 kind of punches you in the mouth. I will say from experience with regard to cigar play, these particular cigars, uh, the Lot 23s, do tend to hold their, uh, they do tend to hold their ash pretty well. And as a result, if you're, if you're into ash eating or, or ash predicaments, that can be pretty fun. Otherwise, it's a decent stick. Um, it's not something that I typically keep in my humidor. But it's, it's one of those that, you know, if I'm out and I'm having a cigar and if I'm, you know, like at a cigar lounge and they happen to have one and it, it's the only Churchill they have because I really like Churchills, you know, I'll grab it and smoke it. Otherwise, maybe once, twice a year, I'll pick it up and, and, and shove it into the humidor for, for a, you know, an afternoon smoke. So that's it for today. Happy smoking. I'll be back here in just a minute with Connor Braddock. Thanks. Welcome back, everybody. My guest today is Connor Braddock, Mr. Oregon State Leather 2017, and also the president of the Oregon State Leather Contest, vice president of PDX Paw, and co-founder of Ardeo House. Did I get that one right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, let's just jump right into this. Tell me a little bit about you. Tell, tell everybody who you are and, and your journey and how you got to... Uh, well, to this point where you're talking to some idiot on a, on a podcast. <laughs> well, it's it's really interesting how I got here. Um, you know, I would say that I definitely have a long uh, history of being involved in different communities. I like to dig in and and plug in in kind of behind the scenes ways a lot of a lot of times. Um, my professional day job is that I'm a chef instructor at a nonprofit, but kind of aside from that, a lot of my professional work has been kind of professional hunger wrangling. So working with uh, our houseless neighbors and different folks who experience poverty and helping folks get fed. And so that really kind of influences the, the things that I like to do in my, my private life too, which is a lot of volunteering and, and event organizing. Um, and probably about 11 years ago now at this point, some of my other volunteerism stuff from other communities uh, led me to my first leather event, which ironically was a teeny tiny state contest in Boise, Idaho where they actually would uh, actively invite communities from Seattle and Portland because there was just not a lot of people there to attend their contest. So I went with a friend at the time and, and we, you know, I got, got to see my first leather event, quote unquote, with some workshops and, and a little tiny contest and things like that. And I was, I was hooked. And that's kind of how I, I ended up here. Uh, I ran as Blue Black for Oregon State Leather in 2016 and uh, lost very understandably to Eric Wyndham, who is a fantastic boot black. 
and I have some uh, disability stuff that made it so I, I really uh, didn't think it was possible to run for another uh, Boot Black title after I ran for that first one. I, I love Boot Blacks. It's kind of where my heart is in the community, where I started out. It's definitely an interest of mine still, but it's not something that I can do for, you know, eight hours a day in a, in a contest setting or even in an event setting. So I ran as Mr. the the next year, and that's kind of where I how I landed there. You know, I also have the distinguished honor of having been a, a, a handful of trans-identified misters that have been stashed as well. And uh, that's something that's also very important to me is just visibility and, and creating some representation for, for that part of the community as well. So uh, now I find myself with all sorts of other volunteer projects, including the uh, Oregon State Leather Contest. I, I didn't ever think that I would be the president of the contest. That's not something, a, a journey I thought I would take. <laughs> Certainly things fell into into line this last year, and, you know, during the pandemic, it was really a kind of uncertain time for a lot of contests, events, circuits, all those things, um, and we've just been kind of quietly behind the scenes with, with Ivar included, um, keeping it alive <laughs> and going for the next group of people. So we're having a really good time. We're, uh, we're really looking forward to uh, the things that we're going to get to bring in our, when our contest restarts in October. Well, we're going to talk more about that here in, in just a bit. Sure. <laughs> So you 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 wear a lot of hats. What's with what what's with the whole board president on one and vice president on another? Hilariously, um, you know, during the pandemic, boards were all hurt for members. For one thing, everybody kind of hunkered down and and you know, kind of walked away from a lot of the, the the different boards that were happening. Understandably, there's a lot of things happening for a lot of people. But the PDX Paw Board, which is the Portland uh, Pets and Handlers group, the you know human pet play uh, kind of subsect of the community. I've actually was on that board when it first started, like almost 10 years ago, and I've held almost every position on that board over the years in varying time periods. But essentially, their president, Bear, um, came to me and said, hey, you want to join our board? We really need people. And I said, I'll join you, join your board, board if you'll join mine. Uh, so we have this joke that we've created a, you know, a blood pact that now <laughs> we have to be on each other. <laughs> I think it's going to provide some good connections just in general that we, you know, have a, a foot, uh, you know, a really vested interest in in uh, what each of the groups is doing and making sure we're not stepping on each other's toes as far as like event planning, all that stuff. So I think it's really great. I do wear a lot of hats. It's definitely true. My delightful fiance, who has also been roped into the OSLC board, tries to keep me in line for not joining too many things. Um, and I'm getting better at being like, nope, can't take that on right now. But uh, yeah, the, uh, the crossover between PDX Paw and the, the the state leather contest. I mean, it seems like a natural partnership, to be honest. So it's it's. I'm glad that uh, both I am the VP over at PDX Paw and uh, Bear is the VP over at OSLC. It creates a creates a good working working relationship, I think, between the group two groups. Cool. Yeah. Tell us about your house. So my house, um, the Ardale house, really is a you know kind of a culmination of a lot of different things. But primarily, what it was is that. There was nothing happening during the pandemic. There were no events to go to. There was no contests to look forward to. There was no, you know, the, the, the things that kind of that kind of stud our calendar through a regular year and our things to look forward to, you know, when we're slugging through our day just weren't there. Uh, and so what we decided is that we were going to kind of sit down and um, we being my, my fiance and I, uh, I kind of sat down and, and kind of codified the, the values and, and ideals and, and things that we have around leather and, and community and you know, decided to kind of formally found a house. I think that for me personally, I, I've been parts of lots of 
formal and informal relationships and dynamics and and things like that throughout the years, but have never been part of a formal or you know kind of official leather house. And it's something that I really wanted, particularly as a way to both you know say, hey, these are our values and this is what we're what we're doing, but also uh, to provide paths to things like earning leather, which I think is really a thing that people really love to do and invest in heartily, and it can be really difficult if you're not in a traditional relationship or dynamic or house, things like that. Um, so that's something that we really uh, wanted to provide space for. So our house is pretty much, uh, the way we set it out is that it's for you know queer and trans-identified uh, leather folks uh, with a heart for service. That's our, our kind of our, our motto. So obviously, I, I mean, all, we have three members right now. It's me and my fiance and, and our boy with a new prospect on the way, which is pretty awesome. But we're also super involved with OSLC and, and PDX Paw in different places. So, you know, uh, we just wanted to, to create something for, for us to belong to. And uh, it's been awesome. We've gotten a really lot of great feedback on our, our values and stuff that we talk about. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're enjoying putting that together and growing the house. And we're, uh, we're putting together a, a Founders Day event for this September. And, and we're really looking forward to getting together and doing some things. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, the Oregon State Leather Contest is coming up October 1st through the 3rd. Um, yes. So, for people out there who are wondering, why why would you run for a title? Why why are titles important? Well, you know, it's it's a great question because, especially now, I think, with how things are changing and have changed through the pandemic and different things, you know, we kind of had to take a stop, big pause and go, well, what is the purpose of a contest? What is the, what is the purpose of a title? Um, and I think ultimately what it is, is it's a platform for whatever you're passionate about, whatever you really care about, whatever you want to see grow in your own, you know, uh, relationships or world or whatever. And I think that's really awesome. I think that, you know, certainly I think people run for different reasons. I think um, a lot of people, I think it's pretty solidly, you know, I'd say 75% of people run because they have a heart for service and they want to show up and do really cool things in the community through the lens of whatever they're passionate about. And I think you got you know another twenty five percent of people that are like I'm gonna wear this patch and I'm gonna get so much ass or whatever whatever they want to get <laughs> and I've certainly seen it play out that way too and there's no shade about that obviously like you know that is a play is a big part of, of what the the community is about um, and also fundraising you know I think that's another big piece of it too is that you get a you get a chance on that platform to raise money for something that you're really you know passionate about so I think there's a lot of different reasons but I think ultimately it gives you a space. In a, in a microphone and a platform that really share with the community and the larger world what you're passionate about and what what your leather values are, uh, etc. What is your this is this is just kind of a thought experiment here. What is what is your ideal title holder? What 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 do they do? What do they like? What 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 do they? How do they represent? <laughs> Well, it's so hard because I think everybody will do it really differently. But I think ideally, a title holder is somebody who's who's in it because they want that that moment to share what they're passionate about. So they have a passion, they want to do a thing, they're involved, they're invested. They know that uh, you know their title year is going to be a it's going to uh, you know come with some costs, personal costs, and time costs, and money costs. All of those things are part of it, but that they're you know willing and able to meet that challenge uh, and to the best of their ability is is always the you know, kind of the ideal. But I think honestly, the the biggest thing is like, can that title holder connect with other people in the community? Can they connect with new people and bring them, help bring them in? Can they connect with, you know, elders in the community and help bring them back or, or 
you know, share their stories? Can they, uh, can they, you know, bridge communities that, that traditionally have a harder time coming together? So I think ultimately you're, you're a, dip, a diplomat or, a, you know, not a politician. I don't think that's the right word, but diplomat, an ambassador to kind of show like, yep, you know, we're a bunch of weirdos that likes to put on fancy, uh, fancy underpants or no underpants at all and parade around and, and raise money for charity that way. And that's a perfectly valid way to do that. So I think that um, we have a lot of really amazing examples of what title holders could be in the world. And, you know, I think also, sadly, there's a lot of t- examples of not great examples of, of people that have taken their title and used that platform for not great things. But, yeah, I think ultimately ambassador and and uh, and living their values in a way that's visible and um, and accessible. Yeah. Okay. Now here, here's the real philosophical question for you. I love philosophical and questions. This is completely open-ended. Uh, what Great. are your thought? What are your thoughts on the leather scene, on just leather in general, post-pandemic? Well, I think that you know it's going to be a lot about re- recovery, recovering those connections that we maybe had to put on hold, and recovering the spaces that maybe had to go underground or had to close and. What are we, where are we going to meet now? And what are we going to be doing when we get there? So I think it's going to be a lot about sort of rebuilding and recovering. And, you know, there's going to be, we're going to, you know, look around a room and there's going to be people that are not there for one reason or another. Like maybe they, they can't afford to come out anymore because they lost their business or maybe they lost family members or had to move or any of those things. So I think we're going to have to just like, we're going to have to not start from square one. I think we have a lot of good infrastructure in place, but we are going to have to kind of just give each other some grace as we're, as we're learning how to reenter. Sorry, my dog is sneezing in the background. Um, <laughs> give each other a lot of grace too. You know, like we've all been kind of isolated for a while, and we're we're not going to probably come back to uh, to all of our spaces with all of our um, you know best slick social moves on deck. I think we're all going to be a little bit awkward, and we're going to be a little bit anxious. And I think also that we're going to remember why those spaces are important because we haven't had them for the last you know year and a half. So. I think I think honestly it'll it will probably be a little bit like re- any kind of recovery that we've had to do economic or personal or whatever. It's just going to take time. It's going to take um, money. It's going to take space. It's going to take energy. But that you know we're all really excited to get back together with each other because we have missed it. Me and everybody else included. Just being in a room, whether it's a room of ten people or a room of a hundred people, that. You're like, yes, the people in this room, we have similar values, we like the same things, we have similar interests, is a, I think, unifying human experience. So I think we're all excited to get back to that. Yeah, nothing, nothing like getting back out so we can be awkward together. Right? I can't <laughs> wait to be awkward. We did it like, last weekend. We went, you know, my partner and I went out to a bar, uh, um, which is you know, close to, the closest thing we get to a leather bar here in Portland, unfortunately, which is a, you know, a bar that has some leather-themed nights. But it was like literally what watching a junior high dance. <laughs> They're all kind of standing on the edges of the room, with all of the with all of the extroverts just running around in the middle like little you know like little Tasmanian devils. So it's just really adorable watching people just kind of be like, oh okay, do you hug? Are you vaccinated? Like navigating that space. And honestly, I think we as kinky people are uniquely qualified to navigate a post-pandemic space because we should have really good negotiation and consent skills under our belt. So. Being able to navigate spaces with different, you know, health and wellness in mind, I think, is important. But uh, I think we're uniquely qualified to do that, even if it's going to be awkward. Yeah, I I completely agree on that. Leather's important to you. 
what what is it that that drew you to the leather scene? Honestly, it was a combination of two things. It was, uh, you know, just loving the the the, the uh, how it feels to put on a big pair of leather boots. Like that is like an empowering thing to feel. Like like yes, I can stomp some things. I can like raw, you know, take on the world. Um, and I'm a tiny guy. I'm like five three. So like a big pair of boots is like woohoo, an extra inch or two. So that's an extra bit of confidence. But I think also because I, I, I've always been super interested in the AIDS, um, you know, pandemic time period and the things that we lost there and the people that were doing amazing things uh, as far as activism goes. And I remember, you know, as a kid seeing all of those the ACT UP protests, everybody in their leather jackets and, and they're out there fighting. And, and, and the leather is, an, is armor. And that's kind of how I always viewed it, too. I'm from a small town. I'm from a really conservative place. And I could see that, like, there was a power in putting on an, an, a, an article of clothing that makes you feel powerful. And that is what it's like for me. Like, that is, it makes me feel like I am, like I can take on whatever. And so, you know, and I think also it's, you know, it's very sexy and it smells great. And all of those things are also great. That's definitely part of, you know, my fetish and sexual life as well. But I think primarily it's about just channeling those sort of my, my four faggots, as it were, that were out in the streets fighting in leather and fighting to be able to be in leather and be with each other as well. So I think that's where it, it comes from for me. Kind of slightly shifting. What's your favorite leather or kink event? Favorite leather or kink event? Well, I've you know, unfortunately not been to a super lot of them. I've been to probably you know half a dozen different larger events. But I will say probably the best event that I've ever been to was IMSL. IMSL and IMSBABA. I went the year that I was a title holder. I went as a um, part of a run team for two folks, actually a couple that was running in two different categories for uh, IML or IMSL and uh, IMSBABA. And it is a, it was just a really well-produced event. They thought of everything. It was really well-ran and volunteered and put together and they had mobility devices for folks that couldn't get around the hotel very well. They had, I mean, it was just like, I, I was very impressed and I, I was very lucky. I got to meet the the owner and the organizer at the time uh, and like pick her brain a little bit about just like her ethos behind the event. And it was just really about accessibility and making sure that as many people that wanted to come to the table and, and participate could do that, uh, which I think is a great, a great, uh, you know, driving force behind an event. And obviously that's a huge like, international event. That's it's fantastic. And, and we love that. But, you know, also, I will also say that that first little tiny leather event in that bar in Boise was also foundational in a weird way. Like, I, I wouldn't, I, I've never been back since then, but it certainly clicked something on for me, even though it was this tiny little event in a bar in Boise. So I think there's great things to be learned from all of them. But uh, certainly now that things are going to be reopening, I'm looking forward to going to a few more things. I'm looking forward to hopefully getting to go to Cinema City. That was the one I was planning on going to pre-pandemic and didn't get to make it to, so. So we're going to shift gears a whole lot more this time. You okay. know, I, I know that cooking's a big thing for you. Yeah. So I have a really silly question, and I stole it from a friend. Uh, I'll okay. be honest about that. If you were an ingredient, what would you be <laughs> and why? That's so funny. Uh, I'm going to say butter. And I'm going to say butter because you it, it makes literally makes everything better. So, and like that, not that I think that I make everything better, but that's like what I aspire to be. So, that and it's like hydrating and delicious and makes everything like moist and tender and also like it's so versatile which is also me so uh i'm gonna say yeah i'm gonna say butter that's the ingredient that i definitely am 
Interesting. Yes. I'm, I'm sure a few people out there listening are going, going, going to be analyzing that one a lot. Well, it's, I mean, like, I didn't really think about it. I may have said something else, but the first thing that popped into my head was butter. So I'm gonna, I'm going to go with that. Okay. Here, we, 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 I, I like to do a lightning round, so some yeah. super quick questions. Uh, most important piece of leather gear you own? Probably my my cover. Okay. My my cover my uh, my partner and my boy got for me for my birthday this year. It's probably the best thing I have. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, and that leads me right into my next question here: cover or cap? Uh, you know, I've always heard them called a cover, but I am also in the camp that a cover is a fancy hat, and, and it can just be a hat. It doesn't have to be have to be like a be all end all of, of you know a, a crowning achievement. I think that you know it's perfectly acceptable if you're a dominant person or you're a person that wants to wear a cap to be like I'm going to buy myself a cap. And I also think it's really beautiful to be honored with a cover. I I'm not of the I'm not of the sort of you know, high protocol persuasion that says only certain people can wear a cap or a cover. But I am, you know, I do recognize that certain pieces hold really important value and, 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 ha- and say a certain thing. And, you know, certainly, like, I, I, I don't wear my cover as, like, I just, like, going out to the grocery store. Like, it is an important thing for me that I would wear, like, with my foremost. So I I, I call it a cover, and I, I can see how it's important and why it's important. And also, I think that, you know, creating a, a mythos around a piece of clothing that says only certain people get to have it is uh, unfortunate and limiting as well. Yeah, I, that, that's one of my pet peeves is people that, regardless whether you cover it, call it a cover or a cap, people that look at it as a, as a level up as opposed to, right. to an actual honor. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, now I can because I have this hat on my head. They're like, no. <laughs> Please don't. It's. I mean, it's the same way when I get introduced to somebody, or, or and you know, someone says, "Hi, my name is Master So and So or Daddy So and So." I'm gonna call them by their name because they're not my master and my, not my. Master. So right. like the whole like, I get to be master for everybody if my name is Master. Like no, I don't. That, no. If we have an agreement, if we have a dynamic, and I agree to call you Daddy, great. Um, otherwise, you're just gonna be Jim or whatever the hell your name is. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that that sort of like it speaks to an earned respect. Like I have certainly called people sir that were not my sir because they had there was a, a relationship where there was a respect that was earned. You know, right? Yeah. And growing up in the South, I yeah, sir and ma'am, it's it's just a automatic thing for me, which gets me some yep. weird looks sometimes. <laughs> okay, last one: silliest toy in your toy bag. <laughs> silliest toy. Yeah. Foam bat that I just love. It's like a kid's, like, from Walmart bat that's, like, covered in foam on the outside. Okay. And it just it makes a satisfying sound, but it is quite good. And I have seen other, I have had other friends that have had, like, similar ones that were, like, pink and ridiculous, like, you know, different flowers on them or whatever. And they would bring them to the dungeon and be all serious and pull out their toy bag and it's, like, pink glittery bat or whatever. And they're hitting their bottom with it. And it's just, like, like it provides levity as well as discipline, yeah. which I think is good. <laughs> Okay, well, um, final thoughts, comments? You got some events coming up? Anything like that that, that you want to throw yeah. out there? Yeah, so um, the next uh, Oregon State Leather Contest event is going to be July 25th at Overlook Park in Portland. Uh, it's going to be our much-beloved leather barbecue. Um, so kind of similar to years past where it's you know going to be kind of at this big open park and bring a blanket and a chair and whatever, hang out. 
definitely bring your gear and wear your park-appropriate gear if you'd like. We're going to have some boot blacks on hand. Um, also hoping to have like a photo booth. We're going to have some new merch to sell. So we've got all sorts of good things that we're you know looking forward to. Uh, that party or that barbecue is the kind of official relaunch party for the contest. So it's going to be a nice, fun celebration, and we're really looking forward to seeing everybody out for that. Uh, and then other than that, the contest is going to be in October. We're definitely going to have some events in between here and then, but you know we're we're still getting those worked out. Primarily, we got the barbecue coming up, and uh, that's what we're really looking forward to. But any and all other events can be found on our website at OSLcontest.org. Guess that's all I've got for for right now. So uh, thanks for coming Lovely. on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, and uh, I I look forward to listening to your podcast. Leather Cigars and Kink is a podcast produced by me, Evar B, hosted by me, edited by me, ignored occasionally by me. They're just the whole the works. It's all 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 my doing here. Opening music is Nebula. It's actually some public domain music I found. You probably heard the Scott Joplin bit in in the center. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please by all means support us. You can send tips to dollar sign that green dwarf. Uh, on Cash App, or uh, you can also tip uh, or support us via the podcast page on our host. Beyond that, follow us on follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter, and uh, you know, let me know what you think. Thanks for listening. Copyright twenty twenty one for evarbrox dot com. All rights reserved. Blah 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 blah. All that.